Welcome to the Death Science Podcast, where we explore new perspectives on life, death, dying, and the dead. Please like, share, and subscribe to support. You can find the audio on all major podcast platforms and at deathscience.org slash podcast. You can find the video podcast on our YouTube at www.deathscience.tv. Welcome to episode number 16. Today's guest is Mandy Benoit-Lead. She's the co-founder of mykeeper.com where they offer virtual funerals and memorials. She is also the founder and editor of Talk Death. Today we'll be discussing topics of virtual funerals through a pandemic, online memorial website profiles, her death philosophies, vegan cheese, and so much more. Now, before we get started, I want to talk about deathscience.org. On the website, we have our e-courses, our podcast, our blog, our merchandise, and so much more. And if you like this show, you'll love our other series. For example, Curiosity Cabinets. This is where we explore unusual, shocking, and historic collections from around the world. And you can find Curiosity Cabinets and our other shows on our YouTube at www.deathscience.tv. You can support our show and join our VIP community on Patreon at www.deathscience.vip. Also, I want to talk about catacombculture.com. This is where I sell my sculptures. My sculptures being hyper-realistic human bone decor. From human bone lamps to food-safe skull bowls, I make a lot of memento mori-friendly pieces that serve as reminders that our lifespans are limited, so let's make the best out of the time that we have left. You could start your collection by visiting my bone gallery at catacombculture.com. Now, let's meet Mandy and explore new perspectives on life, death, dying, and the dead. On this episode of Death Science Podcast, we're here with Mandy Benoit-Lead, who is the co-founder and president of Keeper Memorials and founder and editor of Talk Death. Welcome to the Death Science Podcast, Mandy. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Great, great. Yeah, happy for you to be here. I'm super excited. So much to talk about, especially what you do in relation to this post-COVID world. Oh, my God. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I am one of the founders of Keeper Memorials, which is a collaborative online memorial platform where friends and family can remember and celebrate those who are dearly missed. And they can do that with stories, tribute messages, photos and videos and milestones. Um, but more recently, particularly with COVID, as you mentioned, um, we started offering virtual and hybrid memorial service events and facilitation. Um, and then I also work uh, on Tuck Death, which is um, a media site, you can call it a blog, you can call it a resource that I started uh, in about 2013 with my partner, Jeremy. And um, we talk about everything death and dying and our mission is really to encourage positive and constructive conversations around death and dying, help people make educated decisions and choices around death and dying for themselves and for their loved ones. Awesome. So what got you started on this path of death, dying, and being there for the bereaved? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And um, it was really just kind of an organic, random story that happened. Um, I was visiting my grandmother at the cemetery, and I came across uh, a columbarium, which is like 
a which is like where you put urns essentially. So it was a glass front niche is the term for it. I go to a lot of funeral conferences. So if I don't use the right terms, I get a little anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called the glass front niche. And basically it's where you put an urn. And a lot of people will put uh, images and like little mementos to remember and, you know, signify the person in the life that they lived. And so I came across one that just had like a blank CD like a silver CD that, you know, you'd make a mix CD out of in the nineties. Mm. And it just had the words dad's work written on it in Sharpie. And so that was intriguing. You don't see a CD in a cemetery or really any kind of form of technology. Mm. Right. And so I was intrigued. You know, I, I literally tried Googling the person's name to be like, are there pictures on this? Is it, was he a writer? I had no idea. Um, and so I, came to the thought of what if we can learn about every single person in a cemetery, right? We all have stories. We all lived lives. We have, you know, our name, our date of birth, our date of death, and then a dash in between. And you don't hear or can witness any of those stories. It's impossible within the way traditional cemeteries are set up. So that was the idea. How can we allow people to tell and share their stories and preserve them? Uh, uh well, isn't there a saying or something? It's like, if you want uh, an endless amount of ideas, visit a graveyard, right? Isn't that something? Uh, yeah. for, for some reason, something you said triggered the idea of like uploading consciousness. Oh my goodness. Imagine <laughs> Don't get that. into that realm. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Let's upload the all singularity is near to your website. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're not going that far. I'm uh, not a uh, right. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, necessarily believe in the singularity, right, but right. Oh, yeah, that'd that's be a conversation great. for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you're currently doing at mykeeper.com. Yeah. So um, on top of the memorial pages that we offer, so essentially anyone can sign up to Keeper. They can create an online memorial page for a loved one that's passed away. But interestingly, you can actually create your own memorial page before you die. We call those living memorials. And so it gives you the opportunity to be remembered in your own words, essentially. So you can write your own obituary, you can start storing your favorite photographs, et cetera. So that's been kind of interesting. And we have been seeing a spike in that recently in living memorial creation during COVID. Um, we actually got interviewed by TMZ randomly enough. And that was like the one point that they um, highlighted. And it was like, people making their own obituaries before they die because of COVID. And they turned into this like whole big thing, but like, it's not that big of a thing anyways. <laughs> but um, beyond that, we've been, we added a new service uh, because of COVID and since COVID and that's virtual and hybrid memorial service events. And so that's been really interesting because as we all know, we haven't been able to gather, we haven't been able to see our loved ones. And that's for, you know, the joyous life occasions like getting married, but also for having a funeral or a memorial service or gathering when someone dies. And so clearly there was a need. We're not the only ones that saw that need and families just didn't know where to start. Um, and it was actually, inspired by a personal life event. Um, my grandmother unfortunately died right at the beginning of COVID from, from COVID-19, um, just back in, in April, 2020. So really like, you know, everything started shutting down around March. Mm -hmm. And um, 
obviously it was the first death that I experienced from COVID. And um, in my family, like in many families, we traditionally will gather right away. We will have a few days where we're visiting, we're spending time with each other. We go to the graveside for the burial. Um, and I actually come from a Jewish background where we have Shiva and Shivas are seven days at someone's house all day, every day for a full week, everyone gathering in a small space. Obviously that couldn't happen. So my grandmother was such a wonderful woman and we thought we couldn't just not do anything. And so I came together with my cousins and we put together a beautiful virtual funeral service for her. And I hadn't attended one at all. Again, this was right at the beginning of COVID. And so I kind of just, that was just kind of our immediate response. Like we have to do something, what can we do? So we set up a Zoom account. Um, we invited friends and family. We had a few different people responsible for different things. Like some were writing speeches. I was putting together all of the photographs and home videos and we invited everyone. And it was honestly probably more touching than like a regular funeral would be because at a regular funeral, it's like set people can talk, especially when it's like a religious traditional service, really not very personalized. And so everyone left the service just feeling, I don't know, like good or grateful. I don't know what the word was, but we got so many messages. Our parents, like obviously their mother that had died, they were just really touched. And I realized that having a virtual funeral can be so powerful. And so that was, you know, we knew that that was a need, but then going through it myself and coordinating it myself really solidified us to do that. Hmm. Now, did you notice, uh, were there any virtual funeral options, say, before COVID? Like, was that really even a thought, you know? I, that's a great question. Hmm. I don't know if I came across it. Um, There's a wonderful company called Gathering Us, and I don't know if they were doing it before COVID, to be honest, but they were sort of one of the first ones to really be doing it around that time. Um, but that would be the only company I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned while doing virtual funerals? What are some do's, some don'ts? What are your mm -hmm. thoughts? Oh gosh, so many. I mean, I've run a couple of webinars specifically like hour and a half long webinars to explain to people how to run a virtual memorial service. And so we have a few key steps. Um, one of the key steps is just find a day that makes sense for you and your family. Don't try to work around everyone's schedule, just like a funeral. A funeral happens at a day and a time and you should show up because people wanna see you there, but you can't stress about that. Um, another item is just how powerful stories are. And I always knew that with Keeper, but when you, when people have the opportunity to really talk and there could be more than just like one or two people speak, um, you just, you can see it and you can feel it in, in the virtual room, quote unquote, when someone's really telling a touching and meaningful story, especially when it has some nice humor to it, it really just brings the room alive. Um, I learned that it takes a lot of time and effort to coordinate it. We have full-time coordinators that do this. And if you are slightly uncomfortable with technology and you work like a full-time job, get help to coordinate it because 
it can take a lot of time. And furthermore, a lot of media knowledge. So part of what we provide is these beautiful slideshow presentations, as well as eulogies where someone will give us like a full eulogy script, and then we'll create like an image presentation that goes along with it. So people can follow along the story of the person's life with images that coordinate with what they're talking about. And so there's so many wonderful and beautiful elements that you can include, but it just, it takes time and it takes, it takes effort to put it together. Mm -hmm. All right. So say I'm a funeral director or even death doula uh, and a client comes to me and is like, I want a virtual funeral. Mm -hmm. What are the first steps as a business owner to making that happen? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think what's interesting with funeral homes, especially now, is they need to start doing hybrid services. And so the first thing you would need to ensure at your funeral home is that you have decent Wi-Fi, at least five megabytes up and down, at least, to ensure that your streaming is done properly. As I'm sure you know, doing this type of a podcast or video <laughs> podcast, um, and then having proper camera set up. So there are companies, if we're talking about a funeral home, there are a couple companies. One of them is called Viewologies, Keeper Partners with them actually. And they go in, they set up professional streaming equipment. And so if you want to go, you know, the real professional way, then work with a company that will set up your camera and that will really have it working properly. If not, yes, you can use an iPhone because the whole piece is that um, iPhone, any kind of smartphone that's fairly recent, um, Zoom will only stream at 720p. So you don't need like a 4K camera, right, for Zoom. Um, so as long as you have something that's decent and that has a proper connection, then you're golden. And furthermore, um, microphones. If you are doing something hybrid and you have someone speaking at a podium or speaking in front of a room, and then you have people virtually watching, you need to make sure that they can hear you properly. So really the first step to doing this is having the right tech and gear at your business, because if not, it's gonna be garbage, gotcha. to be honest. Gotcha. <laughs> now, is there any way for say uh, an individual to do this themselves? And what would that oh, look absolutely. like? Yeah. So this, an individual, whether they want to work with a coordinator, like what Keeper provides, or if they want to do it themselves, if they may be an event planner, or they just may be very comfortable with technology, um, you can absolutely do a virtual or hybrid service yourself. Again, it's very, the first few steps are good Wi-Fi. So if you, let's say you're doing a hybrid service and you want to go to like a bar or a golf course or somewhere that is maybe a little more personalized, which are totally options for hybrid services, you just need to make sure wherever you're streaming from, you have decent Wi-Fi. You also need to make sure that you have at least, I would say if you're doing hybrid, two devices. You want to have either two phones or a laptop and a phone that you can stream from. And then you need a tech person on site. So that would be maybe a friend or family member that's comfortable with technology that can just make sure that everything is running smoothly. Because if not, you're not going to enjoy the event. Just like when you have a wedding, you have a wedding coordinator so that you're not running around in your wedding dress, trying to enjoy the day, figuring out if everything's running properly. The same goes for a funeral. 
you need to be in the moment. You need to take the time to grieve. The funeral is for you if, if the person that passed away was close to you. And so you need to have that time for yourself. And then beyond the tech stuff, it's really um, deciding who's going to speak ahead of time, making sure that they know that they're speaking and that they have a proper amount of time set. We've had services where people did not tell that to their speakers and they would talk for like half of the event. And no one wants to listen to someone talk for 30 minutes, right? Except for, of course, us on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, having any type of slideshow or video that you would like to display, which we definitely recommend having images and videos are super, super key to anything virtual. It's not like you can be in play in, in person and have just a bunch of images and, you know, in, in fo and photographs that are kind of in the venue. So having something virtual on the screen is really important. And if you really want to go a level up, um, I would suggest doing what we call a legacy activity. And a legacy activity is really wonderful. You could bring in a third party for this, um, but Keeper has done this and it's they've all been so fantastic. A legacy activity is essentially something that you do that honors the person. That can be um, like a yoga session if the person was really into yoga and health and, and fitness. You can have like a virtual like yoga class. Um, we've done cooking lessons or just doing a recipe. So let's say grandma had her famous cookies Everyone can just get those ingredients prepared in advance. And at the end, everyone like makes the cookies together. Um, we also did a cocktail event where we had a bartender virtually on Zoom and they showed everyone how to make the decedent's favorite cocktail. So lots of like little things you can do that just add, again, it's, it's way more personalized than a normal funeral would be anyways. Mm. So earlier today, I posted a video on TikTok saying how excited I was for our chat. And, uh, and if anyone had any questions uh, for me to ask you, and the one question, well, one of the questions I got was, um, now, are there any difficult elements or annoying parts to, say, uh, setting up a virtual funeral? And if so, how can one be prepared to overcome those obstacles? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say one of the bigger challenges is really just more on the technical side, to be honest. Um, sometimes people will try to have like three screens on in their home so that like if you're having a virtual um, a hybrid service, for example, where you have people in one room and then you're streaming it to a bunch of people online, the key thing to realize that I'm sure many of you that use Zoom often will notice is that you'll get terrible feedback. So it's really important that if you do have multiple devices streaming or watching at the same time, that you ensure that the volume is off or really low and that all the other devices are muted except for one. And you don't think you'll get feedback, but it like echoes throughout everyone's speakers and it's terrible. <laughs> so that would be like the one thing to recommend is be yeah. very careful and test everything before if you want multiple devices. Mm -hmm. So now diving into your app of mykeeper.com beyond just the virtual funerals. I see that you also have uh, grave locations, obituary stuff, family trees, donation links. Tell me more about the app. What can people expect if they were to download it or, uh, you know, services you could provide, help people with, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Keeper is like a web application, so it's a website, but it is also a mobile app. And we're actually in the midst of like completely rebuilding everything from scratch. So I will send you those updates, Jeremy, when that is done for awesome. everyone to know. Um, but essentially, yes, as, at the base of it, our bread and butter is memorial pages. And what's unique with Keeper compared to a lot of other um, accounts or, or websites that do similar things would be the concept of a keeper. So just like the name implies, you are the keeper of the person's memorial page that you create. So we have this whole administration or administrative um, concept behind the whole platform, which allows you and other family members that you select or friends um, to become the keepers of the page. But of course, um, there's all the storytelling features with like an obituary or a biography, photographs, videos. We have like a full genealogy section where you can like map out your entire family tree. Um, something that's really useful actually talking about virtual memorial services is the event page feature on Keeper. So you can create an event page that's associated to the memorial page. And what that does is it allows you to plan either an in-person, um, a virtual or even a hybrid service. And that could be anything really. It could be the anniversary of a death. It could be um, someone's living funeral celebration, for example, which we're seeing more and more of today. Or it could be just for a traditional funeral or virtual service. And so it allows you to add all the details of the event. It allows you to invite people. They can RSVP um, and it gets direct links to, let's say, the Zoom event that is going to take place. So it really helps you organize and coordinate a memorial event. And this is where, you know, one of the questions we talked about was, what are some of the things I should really consider? And having a way to just organize the event who's gonna be there, how you're disseminating the information about the event is really, really helpful. If not, you're gonna be stuck texting like your entire <sighs> guest list constantly and no one has time for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the pieces that you mentioned that I wanted to bring up was um, the uh, geolocation for monuments. So this was something that, as I'm sure many people know, you're in a large cemetery, it's really hard to find people you're looking for, unless you visit that person all the time. But especially if you're visiting the person for the first time, it can be really difficult and confusing to navigate. So we actually let users geo, geo tag um, the precise monument location in the cemetery. So geolocation is just like where you are in the world. There's a latitude, longitude coordinate essentially. And then the idea is that once that coordinate is saved in the app, um, essentially you can just click a get directions button and it will just walk you there. So it's really useful and really helpful and we're working on some really great improvements right now for awesome, it. Awesome, awesome. Now you mentioned, you know, like developing a profile for the decedent. Now is it like people don't have to know website coding, right? Like it's just kind of like a social media kind of page, right? It's like easy to develop. It's not like complex or crazy, right? No, it's essentially like a template. So it would work just like a social media page would, like a Facebook or Instagram account. Mm. So you just fill in your basic information. There's lots of fields that you can choose to omit or that you can choose to fill out fully. And so you really just kind of follow the steps and it will walk you through all of it. And on top of that, if you have any questions, we have live chat support all the time and um, we answer any questions that way, but there's no HTML involved. <laughs> it's not like MySpace where you need to like customize it that way. Um, 
pretty standard. Yeah. Nice, nice. Now, do you have any big visions for MyKeeper.com in the future? What can we expect? What can you talk about? What do we got? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I um, Well, one of the projects that we're really proud of that's continuing to evolve is our project with um, the Veterans Legacy Memorial. So we actually work with the Department of Veterans Affairs in the US. And right now we're memorializing um, over 4 million veterans all interred in national cemeteries. And um, we're moving on to be adding more and more veterans. And um, the goal is to really just create community. And on top of that, ensure that no one's story ever dies. And um, this is like a pretty kind of famous line um, or saying, um, which is that you have two deaths. One death is when you know your physical body dies. Recording. And then the second death is when your name is uttered for the last time. Mm. And so we're really trying to remove, solve. I don't like the word solve, but to help people live longer in that way. Um, and that was that that's a really big goal of the Veterans Legacy Memorial Project, which is called VLM, can be visited at um, va.gov slash remember. And um, I would say like our goal is to just continuing to help people throughout this end of life process, but furthermore, to provide them with even more resources. Because at the end of the day, we are just like one piece of this massive puzzle around death and dying. There are so many other providers and companies that are helping people within this space. And we wanna help provide resources to all of those as well. And we just wanna help change the way we die because I think that it's quite clear that we are not happy, we are not satisfied, we are not gaining the right closure from today's funeral practices. And by creating new rituals that are meaningful to us today, especially in the secular society that we're in, I think that that's really, really an important piece. And Keeper is just assisting in that process, but it's much bigger than what one company can do in my opinion. So you mentioned continuing one's life of the decedent. So how do you define legacy? What does that look like for you? It's how you're remembered. It's the mark that you left on the world. And I don't think that legacy needs to be pigeonholed to just your children and grandchildren because more and more people today are choosing not to have children. And I think that that's, of course, completely okay. And to me, legacy is really the mark you left on the world and on your community. It's knowing that you've, that someone else's life was made a little better because you were in it. Mm-hmm. That's my personal definition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you continue to build your businesses and touch more people uh, in a positive way, uh, in ways maybe we can't even imagine, while helping them during their bereavement process and their grief, uh, what kind of death philosophies and death insight have you discovered and maybe adopted along your journey? That life is short. (laughs) Mm. That sounds so cheesy, but... um, It is, it is so uh, cheesy. 
Yes, of course there's that one, but really, and this is a major principle of talk death, which is that talking about death openly and normalizing death is so healing and so helpful and so eye-opening and enlightening and powerful. And just talking about death, whether it is the fact that you will die or that we will all die, or being able to openly talk about someone's death that touched you. I think that talk death, talking about death is one of the most important things for us to do today. What are some kind of tips that you can give the listening audience, the viewing audience on talking about death? Because death is very taboo in our culture, as you know. And yeah, what kind of tips do you have for people to maybe even begin that conversation with their loved ones? Because that could be ooh, very difficult to talk to your family or what, what do you think? What are some tips to begin that conversation? Absolutely. I think that everything starts with ourselves, reflecting inwards first, thinking about what do I want when I die? Do I want to be resuscitated? Do I want to go through hospice care? Um, who do I want to make decisions for me if I am no longer able to do so? Do I want to be buried? Do I want to be cremated? Do I want to be acclimated or more recently um, compose, uh, recomposed like the wonderful Katrina Spade is working on? There are so many things that you can do and understanding what you want with your own body and your own death, I think is the first step to normalizing it. And then from there, being able to kind of introduce that topic just at the dinner table. We think that death is dinner table conversation. And that can start with talking about a loved one that died. It could be talking about grandma at the table, asking, you know, what were the, like, what, how did we make this decision or what did she want? And then I think then slowly easing into talking about what maybe in you know the case of someone who's younger who has parents asking them you know what would you want mom what would you want dad and just being able to have that open conversation at the dinner table will get it started in my opinion and from there hopefully it will become a regular conversation so do you have any kind of industry events coming up any kind of say expos planned or anything like that um, well, the next event that we're going to be hosting, of course, virtually at this point still, um, is a day in the life. We are doing um, some video series with Talk Death that we've been doing since 2013. We took a little hiatus for a year or two, and we just reinstated them. They are in partnership with the EOL community. And um, we did a talk uh, just a few weeks ago with Jill Shock of Death Doula LA. It was called A Day in the Life of a Death Doula. And our next one is called A Day in the Life of a Green Cemetery Director, where, we were, where we're going to be interviewing a, a green cemetery director who's also a, a licensed funeral director, um, but he opened up his first, conser first conservation burial in the US. And our goal with this whole series is um, to really show people who are interested in working in death and dying, the options they have, the career paths that are open to them, and being able to ask those really hard questions like, 
can I actually make a living off of this as a death doula, mm -hmm. as an example? And so we're going to be releasing all the death doula LA um, videos um, starting this week. And so if you're interested in that, definitely watch those. And then the next one is coming up on EOL community. Don't remember the name, but we will definitely put it in the description. Sorry, I don't remember the date, but we will definitely put it in the description. Um, it's coming up in July for sure. Nice. All right, so getting towards the end of it, I always ask my four horsemen questions. These are okay. the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as we know. Okay, so question number one. In your opinion, what is the worst way to die that you would Gosh. not want to die? You know, the worst death for you. Being burnt alive. Mm, mm. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Feeling your... Oh, mm. feeling your your skin now yeah <sighs> mm. that one's pretty bad mm. yeah yeah now question number two what is the best way to die in your opinion to die using medical aid and dying mm. to mm. die um well that's that's a difficult that's difficult because medical aid and dying means that you have a terminal illness oh. and so oh, well. i wouldn't want to have a terminal illness but if i did I would want to have the choice to take my own life when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, death with dignity, absolutely. Um, now, what would be your last meal if you had to pick? Ooh, ice cream and mac and cheese. Ooh. Mm, what kind of ice cream? Uh, Rocky Road, but, but non-dairy, I don't eat dairy, oh, so same, it all same. has to be non-dairy. Nice. Which totally exists today and yeah. delicious. Mm -hmm. Do you have any special brand of mac and cheese, vegan mac and cheese that is your go-to? Because that, for me, is just, like difficult. Like I, I haven't had mac, good I mean, mac not, and cheese in forever. I don't know. Yeah, not not a brand necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Daya one is decent, but some people just well, can't yeah. do the Daya flavor, which I totally respect. Honestly, so far it's been like homemade mac and cheese using some like Miyoko cheese inside and then putting like oh, some man. other shreds on top. So you know your vegan cheese game, this is great. Yeah, no, I could talk about vegan cheese for a while. Yeah, Miyoko's where it's <laughs> I just, a uh, grocery store near me here in Pennsylvania just got, um, oh, was it the Miyoko mozzarella? It's just like mm. a patty of it. I'm like, oh yeah. A, a lot of discipline not to just eat it as is it's so oh yeah you can't go wrong like literally you can get like miyoko butter miyoko like like a soft cheese and then a hard cheese to like put on top and yeah. like you can't go wrong with that <laughs> and then question number four what legacy would you like to leave in the world of the living when you are gone if i could help really if i can help one person in their dying process to die the way that they want to, then I will be happy and I can rest easy. So as we wrap up, are there any other uh, ideas or conversations that maybe we didn't have during the podcast? Um, I just kind of want to tell everyone to keep being curious when it comes to death and dying. Um, Talk Death is kind of the space to, to discover a lot of that. So. If you want to learn more about even just like weird historical facts around death and dying, or you want to understand some of the more uh, modern resources or even options you have, 
um, join our community. It's um, been really interesting. We've learned so much from everyone and we do really fun giveaways and have really cool merch too. So um, definitely check out uh, talkdeath.com or any of our uh, handles is at talkdeathdaily. Um, we're really active on Instagram as well. So I definitely want to inspire everyone to stay curious about death. Awesome, awesome. And uh, do you have a little code for us? Yes, so if you are interested in creating a memorial page for a loved one on Keeper, which is at mykeeper.com, or if you'd like to even start creating your own obituary, or if you're like a death doula and you have a business and you wanna be able to offer online memorials and event pages for your clients, MyKeeper can work for you. Listeners can use the code DEATHSCIENCE, all one word, for 10% off Keeper Plus. And um, of course, if a loved one has passed away or a friend has, a reminder that we help you with your hybrid or virtual memorial service events as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Again, that is Death Science, all one word, at mykeeper.com. Well, Mandy, it was great having you on the show. And thank you not for just coming on the show, but thank you for helping families get through their grief. Also, allowing people to embrace their mortality and also helping people's legacies live on past their lives. For all that, thank you so much. And I look forward to uh, any kind of developments that you have there at mykeeper.com and Talk Death. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Death Science Podcast. For updates, feel free to join our email list at deathscience.org. And again, you can support this show by joining our VIP community on Patreon at www.deathscience.vip. I'm your host, Jeremy, signing off. Thank you and memento mori. <laughs>